DJ and PK brought to you in part by Rough Tough Products. Rough Tough sets the industry standard for custom seat covers for cars, trucks, SUVs, and UTVs. Get the best fitting seat covers for the make, model, and year of your vehicle and do business with a Utah company that's been around since 1976. Check them out today at roughtough.com. That's roughtough.com. It's time to welcome in Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. Steve, good morning. Good morning, guys. All right, Steve. Your adopted hometown of Utah. Okay, it's a state, but you get the point. Your adopted L.A. team, not the Laker U team you grew up with, but Paul George, who you coached, is a Clipper. And now they come together head-to-head, second round. How are you feeling? Where are you? How are you hanging on? (laughs) Well, I I will tell you this. I, I was happy the Clippers won. Uh, that it was the most bizarre series I've ever seen where six games on the road or you know, nobody can win a home game. Uh, but I was happy for Paul and uh, to kind of get over that bump and, and, uh, and their team. Uh, but I, 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 ha- I have a, a probably more of an affinity for the Jazz, to be honest with you. I mean, I love Paul. We were very close, and I want him to be successful. But... Uh, this jazz team has been special. And just following them with you guys and watching them play, that would be more than I ever have before. Uh, I love their story. I don't have any personal relationships with any of their players. But uh, from afar, I think they're the well, most well-coached team in the NBA. And they're getting a great deal out of what they have in terms of just sharing the basketball. They play the game like I, I want to see it played. And so uh, – yeah, you know, right right now I am a I'm pulling for the Jazz. That's where I am, and uh, but I, I you know I'm not going to be disappointed if the Clippers win this thing and Paul plays well. Certainly, I'm supportive of him. But for me, I, I think the Jazz uh, have have an ability to to win this whole thing, and so that's where I sit today. And I don't think that's going to change. So, Paul George had some playoff failures, but I don't think this series was one of them. I thought he was outstanding. He and Kawhi both averaging 40.7 minutes a game. That's a huge load for these two guys to carry. Uh, Do you think that Paul is done now with that stuff? He's got the confidence. He's playing big minutes. So, where he left off with the Clippers series playing very well is where he should pick up in round two? You know, I, I've actually talked to Paul, and uh, after be, between that year, and and one of the the the, the bubble was not. I mean, he, he struggled in the bubble. He struggled being away from his family. He struggled a lot of things. I mean, emotionally, you know, a lot of a lot of different ways. And uh, and I, because I remember watching him at Indiana as a young player, and and he uh, he had great runs and in the playoffs and played well. And then you know he went, you know he just kind of developed a history, and it, it was really accentuated last year where he just didn't. He didn't play well, and uh, and especially in the moments he needed to. But I, I think he is playing with more confidence. And the thing about this Clipper team is they are committed to guarding. Now, you know, it's a, Dallas is different than uh, you know than the Jazz are because the Jazz have far far more shooters than Dallas had. Though Dallas shot the ball pretty well. Timmy Hardaway really, I think, was the biggest difference. He kind of disappeared the last two games. Doncic was there constantly, but you know they're playing for singles. I mean they're playing big, and uh, when they play big like that, you really kind of take away shooters. And I thought the advantage was for uh, Kawhi and the Clippers because going big 
when you're in the zone is fine. But all of a sudden the zone wasn't working, uh, they couldn't guard. They couldn't guard those guys. And, and, and Jackson and Morris, who are solid players, were really ended up being the guys that hit the biggest shots in that game against Dallas. And and, and that's the key for the clip, for the Clippers. I mean, obviously Paul and Kawhi got to play well, but Jackson probably has has been the answer here the last you know couple of weeks. I mean, he's had. 20, he's at 15 or 16. If he can make shots uh, in Utah, this is this is going to be a seven-game series because they've got enough talent. Uh, two things, the big question marks for me with the Clippers are, can Jackson continue to make baskets, and can they get away with playing Batum at 6'8 against Gobert? Now, they got Zubak at seven foot tall. He's capable. But uh, I, I think Jackson and, and Morris are the two guys you have to look at. If they can make baskets, uh, this is going to be a seven-game series because certainly the Clippers are capable of winning this thing. Uh, but I just think Jazz are a better team. So I'm curious uh, what you think of their of the Clippers' ability to go small and consistently defend the Jazz. Not for a short stretch. But for for a long stretch, can they do that? Or if they do, will the Jazz – if the Jazz see it enough, will they solve it? Yeah, I, I think if they go small and stay small, the Jazz will see it and and they'll solve that issue. I, I think – I mean, there, there aren't any matchup problems. I mean, Kawhi – I mean, you could – I'm sitting there and I was thinking about who's going to guard who, and I have no idea. But Jackson's going to start on Mitchell. I mean, that that's going to happen. And either uh, – if they want to – you know, O'Neal's not a guy that's going to be a volume shooter. When the game's on the line and Bogdanovich is going off, then now you can see Kawhi Leonard guarding. <clears throat> and that's, I mean, it's one of those things that Leonard's capable of guarding anybody in this league, as is Paul. I mean, they're long. They're both 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, uh, you know, you look at Morris. I think Morris could start on Bogdanovich. And, uh, you know, they match up with, with their guards. Ingles, I mean, if Conley, is Conley going to play? I, I don't know if he's still hurt. We don't know either. Take Conley out of the lineup yeah. and – uh, the Jazz are kind of a different team. Not that Ingles and others can't jump in and get it done, but the the matchups at the at the two, three, and the four with Leonard Morris and George are all pretty good defenders. And so I think they match up there. Where, where can Jackson can he guard Mitchell and can Batum deal with Gobert and the screen and rolls? And, and Zubak's going to have to play 25 minutes in these games. I mean, I, I just can't see Batum playing 25 or 30 minutes. Now, you can ask yourself, hey, they just played the tallest team in the NBA, you know. But Porzingis is not really a pick-and-pop or screen. I mean, he may be more of a pick-and-pop. He's not a screen-and-roll guy like Gobert is. And so I think that's going to be the question marks for me is that the one and the five. Not so much the two, three, and four. Not that the Jazz guys can't do it from there, but the Clippers have really good defenders in Leonard, Morris, and George at the at, you know guarding those positions. So – I think the one and the five are going to be the focus. I mean, I could be dead wrong on that, but just looking at it on paper and watching these teams play, uh, can you know can Jackson stay out of foul trouble? Now, you know, Rondo hardly played. Uh, I suspect Rondo will play more in this series. So when we look at the Clippers, are you more concerned that they blew multiple chances to establish themselves in the series? Or are you looking at, hey, when they had to win, every time they did? Well, I know I think I, I do have 
question marks. And, uh, and, and I think the, the situation is that matchups, I, I just think this, the Jazz are a difficult matchup for them. When they're putting four shooters on the floor, guys that can all shoot the ball, and, and then you got a seven-footer inside that protects the rim and, and can create all sorts of problems on screen and roll action. Uh, no, I'm I, I'm I am concerned that the Clippers have to make an adjustment. I, I I I'm I'm more if I'm a Clippers fan right now, I'm more concerned about who's gonna who's gonna make baskets on the road, and I, certainly they're playing with more confidence right now. But I, you know, and sometimes that gets overhyped in terms of game losing close games and not getting over the top. I think the Clippers are going to come in there really confident. I think they were embarrassed last year in terms of how they were up 3-1, but you know the Jazz were too. They they were in the same similar situation. And so these are two pretty hungry teams with a lot to prove and the Jazz have been more consistent over the entire year, but uh there's a lot of people that feel like the Clippers could be the most talented team left in you know in the in series. I mean that may be true if Harden doesn't play for the Nets, but uh but there's certainly a lot of talent on that team. They're lang they're long, but they're they're not always the most consistent shooting team either. Uh and, and we're seeing a new version of Kawhi Leonard the last two games where we haven't seen in uh in a long time. I mean he's playing like he did with Toronto now. I mean he's just flat out getting after guys and um, he's gonna be a tough guard for anybody that the Jazz throw at him. You know, he shot 62% in that playoff series, which is outrageous. But the Mavericks in the regular season are a mediocre defensive team. And when you get rid of all the bad teams and go to playoffs, that makes them a bad defensive team at the postseason level. So Gobert changes that. Uh, but I think what you said at the other end of the... Uh, at the other end of that answer, when you were talking about matchups, I just think Quinn Snyder has been coaching for this series and the Lakers series that isn't going to happen now uh, all season long because we have constantly heard him talk about playing with pace, taking the first good shot, getting the ball up the floor quickly before the defense gets set. You know, the Jazz are smaller, especially the backcourt. They are smaller, but if you run and you don't let the other team get matched up, you can get a three, and he's been preaching 45-foot passes up the sideline all season long. And the guy who catches that 45-foot pass is supposed to take the shot. You're open, take the three then. He doesn't care that there's no rebounder there. Take it then, it's the best shot we're going to get. And it just feels like that's because he doesn't, he knows that if the Clippers and Lakers get their defenses set and matched up, the Jazz are in trouble. So he's been preaching it all year. How much faith do you have in borrowing from Pat Riley's Showtime Lakers? you got to rebound and run because that's the only way to beat the Celtics' big front line. And I know the game has changed, but it hasn't changed that much. Here's Quinn preaching the same thing. No, I, you know what? I, I, that is a great philosophy. I think the other thing that you can add into that is, is altitude. And, and, and I think that I know in college it was it was more impactful because nobody played at altitude, you know, didn't play at a lot of altitude, and they played there and they played at different places. But that altitude, late in games, and guys, you know, I mean, because let's face it, what was it, forty-seven and forty-eight minutes that Paul and uh, and Kawhi played? I mean, that's a lot of minutes, and and when you get at that elevation and teams are running. It's not that they can't shoot the ball. When you're tired and your legs aren't strong, you don't shoot the ball as well, especially late in the game. So if they can, they, if they can push the envelope 
and, and run and get out and get early shots and make those shots, uh, that, that, that makes it's going to make it really hard on the Clippers. There's no question. I think the philosophy is the right one. I mean, I remember we're coaching at altitude, and I remember we wanted, you know, it was a situation. Hey, anytime you can score in transition, because maybe not in the first 10 minutes, but certainly in the second half of that game, if Paul and Kawhi are having to log 40, 45 minutes a game, now they're young and they're in great shape and all that, it, it, there's a, it takes a toll on you. And uh, so that, that will be a factor. I, I think the other thing, too, is they don't, you know, the, the Clippers don't have Jordan Clarkson. And he, I mean, Kennard and man, you know, Kennard came in and made a few baskets in that game. But, you know, Jordan Clarkson could start for the Clippers. And uh, he started for the Jazz if they wanted him to. Uh, he, he could be a huge difference maker in this game. I mean, he is, in, in my mind, uh, you know, he and Mitchell uh, are the two best players in that team. I mean, I'm not talking, Gobert obviously has what, does what he does as an all-star and a big. But Jordan Clarkson is a guy that could be a big, big factor in this. And, and, and if they're going to win an NBA championship, Jordan Clark, it'll be because Jordan Clarkson played well and scored well. Um, and and I, I just, the Clippers don't really have a bench, per se. They've got a few guys. Like I said, Kennard and Mann shot the ball pretty well uh, at, you know, in that game and, and gave them 24 points But between the two of them. But on the road, are they going to be able to do that? You give an advantage either way to coaching? Yeah, I, I would say the advantage goes to Quinn. I, I know that uh, you know he, he's won an NBA championship with Cleveland, and, and Tyrone Lue is a guy that's been around the game. But the, the thing about it is this: is that there's so, you know the Clippers aren't as bad as the Lakers, but they tend to be really static and stationary, and there's not a lot of movement. And uh, you know if you can get the, and there's not really a post presence for the Clippers that you're going to throw the ball in and. and you know, you're going to have to play him with two defenders. Now, you, you definitely have to help on Kawhi, who can, can, can score in multiple different ways. But the Jazz have situations and matchups that uh, are, are better than, than the Clippers. And so uh, I just think that Quinn does a better job with his personnel. Uh, and not to say that Tyrone Lue can't coach, because he can. Uh, but they do it a little bit differently. I just like the way that Quinn coaches. And with the ball movement, and uh, with shooters everywhere, and uh, and a very high basketball IQ uh, as a coaching staff and as a team. So, yeah, I do believe that the advantage goes to Quinn Snyder. Uh, and, you know, obviously Tyron Lewis got an NBA championship, but he also had LeBron James and a few fellows that uh, helped him get that done, Kyrie Irving. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I give the advantage to the Jazz. I'm expecting a long series. It's uh, mostly uh, it's what the Jazz have played uh, quite a bit. Obviously, Memphis was shorter, but it was one versus eight. Uh, and it's all the Clippers have done. Three playoff series in two years since they got this group together, and they've had two seven-game series and a six-game series. So are you assuming this goes six or seven? Is there any way that one of the other teams cracks and the other team rolls? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think, first of all, the Clippers can breathe a little bit. I mean, they've been they've been having to deal with mentally, emotionally, coaching staff, players on a colossal failure the last year or two. And if, if anything, this win gets them relaxed, gets them to be able to breathe a little bit, gets them excited about the next level. And uh, you know, Kawhi is the leader of this team silently, but he is such so mentally tough 
that uh, he's been good for Paul. It's not that Paul isn't as men- uh, mentally tough in a lot of situations, but this is Kawhi. This Kawhi's the number one. He's the alpha on this team, and Paul's the number two. And, and, and Paul's going to be fine with that. Uh, the big thing for the Clippers is, is going to be like we talked about earlier is can Batum survive in a game where he's playing against uh, an all-star in the post and can he deal with all the issues there? And can Morris and, and you know, Morris and Jackson, if they make baskets and they're able to score and be in double figures, then they, they give the Clippers a, a, an even chance to beat the Jazz. Uh, but I do believe it goes six or seven games. I, I just because I think the confidence of the Clippers has been restored is a huge, huge elephant off their back, and I think they feel like, hey, we can breathe, we're ready, and now we got something to prove. So, uh, yeah, I do, I do believe it'll be six or seven games. Yeah, you talk about confidence. How much confidence did you have coming to Salt Lake if you're the Clippers, knowing you just went 3-0 and in Dallas now? Tougher environment, state. The arena is going to be at full capacity. Jazz are better than Dallas, but Clippers ought to know that the road isn't that daunting to them. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a great point. And, uh, yeah, and they did it. And they did it at a time when uh, Fenny and Hardaway were knocking threes down. I mean, those guys... If they if they play well in that game, I mean they got they Dallas has a chance to win. They just kind of disappeared. They they had big games for Dallas, and and you know the Clippers found ways to win on the road. So that that galvanizes a team too. Uh, when you win on the road, there is nothing that gives a team more confidence than winning on the road. It is a little bit debilitating when you go home and lose. You got to be in front of your own fans. But there is far more joy winning on the road than winning at home. I'm telling you that right. As a team, collectively. When you go on the road, it galvanizes. It, it strengthens a team. So they, they've had that experience. And I, you know, I agree with you, Pat. I mean, it's something that they're not going to be fearful coming in there, but this is going to be a, a, a crowd unlike anything they've had to deal with lately. And, uh, and a team that plays differently than most teams play in the NBA. I mean, they, they just do. I mean, they... They just move the ball so quickly and and uh, make good decisions. High high IQs at almost every position. Uh, this is a well coached and, and a team that does depend on shooting the ball. They they, they got to make threes. They're not. This is not a team other than maybe Mitchell that really gets to the rim very often. Rest of them are pretty much, you know, stand up, shoot up threes coming from the perimeter on penetration and on transition offense. So. Uh, and it, it, it makes it a little more difficult on the road, but they've got so many shooters that on any given night, any two or three of them can, can get, get it going. So, uh, but I, I the, the the Clippers are going to be way better this time around than they were last time, and not against the Jazz, but just in the playoffs, uh, generally speaking. The that that was a huge elephant off their back to win that series. They'll come in a little more relaxed, and but. Again, I, I do believe altitude has it will play an issue, especially when they're only playing seven or eight guys. Steve, you know who Bill Plaschke is, who's been a columnist for the L.A. Times forever, and P.K. was yep. reading him this morning. And P.K., just run, run some of the highlights past Steve. What did he say? <laughs> oh, here's a, 
History is against the Clippers. Home court advantage is against Clippers. Likely more than 90% of L.A. basketball fans are against the Clippers. But you know what? Bet on them anyway. Bet on them big. It says here, this first round fright was the series, and this game seven brilliance was the win. That will eventually catapult them into the NBA Finals. Such disrespect, coach, for our jazz. <laughs> yes, Hey, you know, what do you expect from a guy from L.A.? Uh, you know what? Uh, I, I think they're they're just trying to find something that can, can excite the people of L.A. after a very, really disappointing Los Angeles Lakers uh, season with injuries and not playing very well and the Clippers kind of being the same. So I don't know why he get, he's getting on the bandwagon. I haven't, I haven't really read his clowns. I know who he is. But, yeah, Jazz... We'll take that for the locker room feeder, and uh, uh, I don't. You know what? That stuff means a lot to fans and to uh, and to high school kids, maybe. But uh, it, it, that doesn't fly. I don't think Quinn Snyder's too worried, or the players are too worried about being disrespected. Uh, you got to go out and play and do it. But uh, they got to sell newspapers too, and that's not an easy thing to do these days. Okay, that's all true, but in the whole disrespect thing, how about the fact that the Clippers tanked at the end of the season, lost six of the last ten games, sat five guys who normally would probably play 150, 160 minutes in a game, maybe more than that, so that they could lose to Oklahoma City on the last day so they could get the Jazz in the second round instead of the Lakers? Oh, yeah, that, 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 that needs to be on the locker room board in, in the Jazz locker room. No, that was stupid. That that, that was so ignorant and, and not good for the game. And they made up whatever they made up, but everybody could see that from the outside. That was, that was they wanted to avoid the Lakers. They wanted to play the Jazz. And uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't know anything about the inside of what's going on in the Clipper locker room. But it, it from the outside appearance, it did appear that that's the, that's the path that they were taking. Uh, that would have really. Uh, backfired on them if they lost to Dallas. They, they would not be able to come out of their houses for about six months. The, <laughs> the, the coaching staff, the general manager, and everybody else involved with the Clippers. But uh, they can breathe a little bit of sigh of relief now. But uh, yeah, that's absolutely, man. And, and, and nobody wants to see that. I, I, everybody hated that. And, and deservedly so. They deserve all the negative attention they could get when you go and do those kinds of things. That's not good for the game. You know, but I understand why, but it's not good for the game. Go play, and uh, so that Jazz can use that for some locker locker room fuel, and and uh, but I, I doubt seriously if they will. Uh, it's in their mind, and uh, it's a pretty mature group the Jazz have, and and a coaching staff that is not going to get. Um, they're just not going to be impacted by outside noise. There's just no way. Steve, as always, we appreciate a little bit of time. We will talk to you again next week, and yeah. at that point, we'll be midway through the series, so we'll see where it's headed. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be exciting. I'm looking forward to watching the guys play. All right, thanks, Steve. You have a great day. Thanks. All right, you too. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. When we come back, everything you missed in this show, we'll get you up to speed next. Stay with us.